to your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Lau, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destination. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interaction and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects toward her guest's mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Laub. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Celestial Spoon, and thank you for taking the time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guests. I hope you're enjoying the shift in seasons and are safe through all of nature's upsets that are driving a lot of people crazy, and um, I just hope you're all safe. I am your turquoise angel guide, an award-winning author and speaker, an advocate for mental health, a psychic and medium, and a spiritual guide, along with being a wife, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment after a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others to make themselves come first and listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. You can learn more on my website, www.catherinemlab.com. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Marsha Grace, an interfaith minister, mother, grandmother, writer, avid gardener, walking enthusiast, and sitter. She has devoted her life to learning and teaching metaphysics. Even as a child, she was curious as to who is God? Why are we here? What is my purpose? So she spent many years studying the world's great religious and mystical literature. Marsha Grace received a dual degree in religion and philosophy from Stony Brook University in 1990 and went on to study at the New Seminary in New York City. She was ordained as an interfaith interfaith minister in 1995. She has had the pleasure to perform hundreds of weddings baby blessings, and renewals of vows over the years. In April 2018, Marsha Grace published her first book, Calm, Creative, Joyful, Lessons in Transforming Your Life, a book based on her 30-plus years teaching the metaphysical discipline, A Course in Miracles. She happily resides with her feline companion, Julia, on Long Island. 
I am looking forward to speaking with my dear friend, Marsha Grace, and sharing her visions with the world. Hi, Marsha Grace. Well, welcome. Getting tie-tagged. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was some introduction. Thank you so much, Catherine. <laughs> You're welcome. That's why Delighted I got to be with you. Uh, you are so such a delightful, cheery person, and I know you've gone through a lot, and I, I just always admire how you always have a smile on your face and, and, and a smile in your voice. So I, I, I honor that. I really, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm sure that when, well, I'm not sure. I'd be curious for my listeners to respond somehow in email or Facebook to let me know if they can hear that smile because when I'm interviewing, I'm really in my element, and I'm smiling during the whole interview. So thank you, Marcia Grace. <laughs> well, you're welcome. How are you doing today? Uh, I am busily uh, writing my second book. I'm working on the second. It's a, actually a series. The first, as you mentioned, Calm, Creative, Joyful, is actually a series of books based on the 365 lessons in A Course in Miracles. So uh, needless to say, I can't pack them all in uh, 365 lessons all in one book. Um, so I'm making them into a series to make it a easier for the reader and um, uh, and I, you know, and I just feel it's uh, it's it's something that uh, makes it easier for for me too, you know. So uh, that's what I've been up to today. Okay, that sounds great. Um, it takes a lot of discipline, and um, I know that I have a couple more books than me, and I just haven't pulled them together to know exactly what I want to write about next. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that is uh, that is difficult because we have so many different interests or uh, you know, different thoughts kind of floating through our heads, but to actually pull it all together is not easy. Um, what I found uh, that I've been doing that, that's helpful for me is uh, when I conduct my classes, I often um, write down notes about uh, things that came up in the class, and uh, so I have like, this whole... A uh, bunch of uh, notes of interesting topics and, and thoughts. So for me, that's one way that I might be able to put those into uh, into uh, my next book. You know, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I love that idea. Hmm. And also, talking uh, someone, I uh, there was a coach that uh, I was listening to, and uh, he suggested that you, if you uh, if you really have a topic you're passionate about that you should just start talking about it and recording your talk, you know, whatever it is that you're saying. Just record it, and everybody's got it probably. If you haven't got a, uh, a recorder in your telephone, you can certainly get, get an app for one, um, and, you know, on your, on your smartphone, and just record record it. It's, the, it's so much easier. And then now they have tra transcription services, so it, that makes it very easy. Right. I never thought of that because I'm one that, I'll say something and later on say, oh, I forgot to write it down. Now I can't remember it, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, uh, that's something that works, I think, very well. Yes, thank you. I am okay. going to start doing that. And I do have an app on my phone because um, when I'm meeting somebody new or sometimes if I'm not sure if my recordings are going to work for the interviews, I use that app on my phone, so now I know to use it on myself. 
there you go. <laughs> Some, yeah, isn't that something? Sometimes the simplest thing we just don't think of about it, and uh, until someone mentions it, we say, "Oh yeah, that's why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. Uh huh. Absolutely. Go ahead. I, I'm listening. Yeah. No, I wanted. To, did you have a question for me? No, I just said um, good luck with the book, and you know, I hope it comes together quickly and um, you get a good response as soon as it releases. And when you have it ready, to let me know so I can post it for you. Oh, thank you. Okay, we'll do definitely. So as we were talking, I was shuffling the Archangel Raphael deck, and I'm sure you know, but those who don't know, Archangel Raphael is the healing angel. And for some reason, I was guided to choose this deck from Marsha Grace. And the card is, ask your body for a message. And then it says, dear body, please help me hear your messages. Archangel Raphael, please guide me in honoring and respecting my body's needs. Now, automatically, without looking at the picture on the card or anything, I'm getting that something is going on with your right leg or your knee. Is that something going on? Oh, wow, that's good. Uh, I had an injury to my right ankle area. Um, I dropped a log. <laughs> I have a, a wood-burning fireplace, and I was uh, outside moving some wood around, and a, uh, a log of wood fell on my ankle and uh, just peeled away a whole layer of skin. So it's healing now, though. It's healing okay. well. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, recently I was talking to somebody and um, actually on an interview last week, and what the woman said to me is sometimes we become so busy in everything that we're doing that our body actually takes over and creates these things in our lives to force us to slow down. Mm -hmm. Do you recognize that oh, in what you're doing? Oh, I believe that. I definitely do believe that. It's something that made such a difference in my outlook on, on things that we create unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. this picture is of beauty. It is Archangel Raphael sitting on a pure white unicorn, and his wings are gigantic, coming from his shoulders, up out on an angle, as if you're reaching out to say, hooray, and then the wings are wrapped around and back down. And they're mostly the color of turquoise and a little bit of a pastel yellow, and he has a yellow halo around his head. And as you know from me talking many times, that the turquoise is the common color, and it's telling me that you may be trying to rush writing your book, and by rushing through it, you're going to miss something. So incorporate the turquoise into your day to bring the focus back around to say, what am I missing? So again, the card is beauty, and you're sharing the, God, the messages from God, and it's God's beauty working through you. You yourself, as um, we all uh, heard in the beginning, Marsha Grace and I are dear friends, and she is a beautiful soul. So Marsha Grace, this is talking about you 
sharing your beautiful soul and beauty with the world. So it's saying go forward in peace and enjoy your life. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, That's beautiful. The best I can. <laughs> I'm trying. Yep. I'm working on it. <laughs> yep. That's yep. like a beautiful message. Yeah. It is. And you do have a lot of beauty. You, you, you're a wonderful person. And, you know, just like you said about me, I've never seen you in a, um, a downward feeling at all. You've always been an upbeat person, too, and I love your energy. So this card really speaks to me about the person that you are. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and I, I want to uh, talk right away about how we met because I love sharing about the Women's Prosperity Network. And um, maybe you can share a little bit how they've helped you advance. Well, I was guided. I do believe we are guided. You know, I, I practice, um, I have practiced for many years um, what I call modern meditation. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a uh, routine that I've developed over many years, um, taking ideas from different sources. <clears throat> and uh, so I've made up my own morning routine that I, that I do just about every morning. I mean, I can't say that every, every, every morning, but, you know, mostly every morning, uh, I like to do this before I start my day, and uh, it's it's made such a difference in my life because I really get in touch with that inner guide that we all have that is that we don't really hear unless we are still and you know be, become still enough to to uh, make room to hear it. So uh, that's when I often get um, guidance, what I call guidance, that directs mm-hmm. me as to how to proceed with my day. So um, uh, I know I had. Um, I don't remember the specific uh, circumstances of how I found women's prosperity, but um, uh, because it was n- a number of years ago now, but uh, mm-hmm. but I did find the group, and it was at a time that I really was working on saying I really want to publish a book, I really want to, you know, uh, uh, get myself out in the world and offer um, offer some of the wisdom that I've gained through through the years, and. Um, and this, this just seemed to be the right place to go. So I joined and have found it to be a wonderful resource of, of uh, wonderful women and some men. There are men in the group, too. And yep. uh, it's been a, a wonderful experience working with the sisters and uh, over the years and um, participating in the uh, numerous events that they have because it's always a fun event. It's always fun, you know. Whenever we yeah. all get together, it's like a a big sisters party, and we just uh, all have a great time. and And we learn a lot. We share a lot. We learn a lot from each other. And because uh, all all the all the members that I've come, I mean, I, I can't. I don't think there's a single woman that I've ever met from Women's Prosperity Network who didn't have a gift to offer to the world in some fashion. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. I've gained a, a lot of um, great stuff from it. Yes, and, and me too. And while you were saying you weren't sure how you found them, me, I was searching for business-type meetups. And Andrea Feinberg, the one that was um, head of the chapter for Suffolk County, New York, um, she was holding a meeting, and when I met her, I was very impressed. 
very professional woman, but very down to earth. And right away, I loved the atmosphere, exactly like you said, that everybody was so friendly, and we're not out there to say, come work with me. We're there to learn and make partnerships. So I've loved the whole thing all along, and, you know, they're always guiding us in the right direction. Um, for those of you that haven't heard of them, again, it's the Women's Prosperity Network, and there are three sisters that began this networking group um, several years ago, and they've grown it so much. It's throughout the world in, in several countries now, and you can look for a chapter, and you can go to a meeting. If you like it, you can sign up. Otherwise, you can just attend here and there. But they have mastermind groups during their lunches, and they teach you certain aspects, like sometimes they'll talk about social media or they'll talk about networking itself. And it's just a great way to get together with like-minded people, and even though everybody's got their different field of study, we still come down to the basics of we're, we're working together and helping each other. So, um, yeah, I, I'd love to share about them because I'd love to um, let people know about them and be able to join. Thank you, Marsha Grace, for sharing your experiences. Mm, my pleasure. Yes. So, Marsha Grace, we talked about your, your new book coming up and meditation and everything. So can you share a little more about how you help others? Well, I've been a teacher of metaphysics for 35 years, I have to say. And um, I've, watched, I've watched people come into a group, because I always do it in a group study, and um, usually what attracts people to my groups or, you know, to, to studying spirit, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily call it spirituality. I like to call it metaphysics because uh, it's about meta meaning uh, beyond the physical world. In other words, what, who are we in the, in the bigger picture of, of creation, of life, with a capital L? And uh, to, me, that, to me, that's what metaphysics is all about. So... Um, I, I watch people come in, and, and usually they come because they're going through some transition in their life. You know, there's some, some, some big shift is happening. Either they've lost their job or someone close to them has died or is very sick uh, or an elderly parent has uh, moved in or um, the, children, the, the children have left home and now they're, you know, empty nesters. Uh, you know, it's usually some transition, some big life transition that sends them into a tailspin, really, because, you know, their, their, their safe, uh, steady world has suddenly been shifted. And now, yes. now all of a sudden questions come up that they never thought about before. So those are the kind of people that I've watched come in. And as we work together, and it's not something that happens overnight, but as you work um, on, on your spiritual nature, on who you really are, and, you know, what is your purpose here? This, these are the kinds of questions that, that we don't really ask ourselves every day. You know, what's my purpose? You know, what, what am I supposed to be doing here? <laughs> you know, I know I have yeah. to make money and, you know, I have to, you know, uh, work or perhaps, you know, cook. You know, I have to eat and do stuff like that, laundry and all those things. But... You know, beyond that, you know, what is, what is it, what am I here to, am I here to achieve something um, that's uniquely my, my job to do? And I believe everybody here is. 
Each one of us is here because each one of us has a unique way of offering gifts in the world to to others. So it's exciting to watch people come in without knowing what their purpose is. You know, they're they're lost, they're adrift, they're um, anxious, they're confused. And to see them over time develop an understanding of who they are and what they are and what their purpose is and finding that purpose. And, wow, that is so exciting. So I always love that. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again um, to watch people suddenly say, you know, this job that I'm doing is just not working out for me. I have to find something else. And I'll say, whoa, you know, don't don't quit. <laughs> don't quit your job. Right. You know, like, don't, right. you know. Find, really get be sure of what you're doing before you make that move. And, you know, we'll laugh about it. And they'll say, yeah, yeah, no, I've been thinking about this particularly. I'm thinking about one student of mine uh, who wanted to make a move. And she says, no, no, I've been thinking about this for a long, long time, and I really, really realize now I have to do this. It's, it's now or never because, uh, you know, time is, time is uh, creeping along. And so she, she started uh, to go. She went back to school, got her degree, and um, then became uh, the teacher that she always wanted to be. And that was so exciting. You know, I just, I just um, you, know, I th- you know, things like that have happened in, in many different circumstances. So um, for me, that that's, gives me great joy to watch people blossom and grow and um, uh, find, find what they're here to be, to do. Right. And I fall into that category, too, because... You know, I always thought that my purpose was to be a wife and a mother and raise a family. But after all my health issues and my attempt in 2014, it was like my, as I say, spirituality, but I'm thinking metaphysics now, um, I think I was being prepared by God and the angels for what my mission really was, and that mission is brighten your day with turquoise to help people that are struggling with some sort of mental illness or just everyday life of depression and anxiety. And it was like once I realized that, it's like something shifted majorly in me and it gave me such a drive. And although I'm waiting for the income to be presented to me, I feel like I'm making a big impact because I'm sharing with so many people. And I'm letting people know that, oh, my God, I went through this, but look at what I'm going through now. I have my podcast. I've written so many books, and I'm, I continue writing stories for people. And it's my mission to help other people and to let them know it's okay that they need to speak up. And just that realization was, to me, a miracle. And I'm thankful every day for that. So that actually brings us into asking you, because you talk about the Course in Miracles, if you can explain what a miracle really is. Oh, yes, I'd love to do that. Um, okay, many people might think a miracle is the parting of the, the Red Sea or the ocean or something or, you know, like some shocking thing that happens. And... Um, uh, in terms of A Course in Miracles, a miracle is a change of perception because, and that is a big, it is a big change, but we're talking about 
something that's going on in the mind, okay? It's not necessarily a physical uh, happening uh, at all. It can just be, uh, and the best, I guess the best um, example I would give is, let's say you have an argument with your neighbor, Mm-hmm. Right, maybe the dog uh, ran over and bent the bushes or something, whatever. Right, and the neighbor is mad at you, and um, and you're mad at the neighbor because they yelled at your dog. Whatever. So there's an argument, and um, and then you walk away, you know, and you and you know you don't feel good about it. You know, I mean, nobody feels good when you. I mean, who feels good when you're having an argument with someone? Right. I mean, that's yeah. just uh, obviously uh, always the case. You're not feeling good. And it's a realization of that not feeling good, that, that something triggers, you know, can, can trigger in your mind that says, but I don't have to continue to feel this way. I don't like feeling this way. I don't deserve to feel this way. I don't want to feel this way. And as soon as we open our minds up to, that, to, that, to accepting that as a truth, as a fact, um, it's like it's like an egg cracking open, right? Boom, you know, and like everything spills out, and it opens up a space so that you can have a new way of looking at the situation, and that's what happens. So that now all of a sudden you look at that neighbor that was yelling at your dog, and you think to yourself, "Wow, that poor that I just realized that that neighbor lost their spouse, you know, last month." Um, and uh, and and I, when I was talking to him, I, re- I realized that um, he's he's not getting along with his son, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Suddenly, you realize something about that person that you can have compassion, that you can say, "Oh my goodness, yeah, um, uh, you know that he's probably going through all kinds of problems." And um, and you know, when we're going through problems, we tend to be grumpy. We tend to be uh, upset, and so we may just jump on someone um, out of the blue for, for, no, for no really good reason. And so our perception shifts, and now where we were angry, we now have compassion and understanding. So that's a miracle. And, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I picture the whole scenario, and it does make a lot of sense because when we're talking to somebody, we don't realize that, they also have their own struggles, and, you know, we, we just see what they're presenting to us. So I love that explanation. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, what I love about what you're doing is, uh, you know, being so honest about your own struggles, you know, with, with, mental, with a mental uh, issue, with mental issues, you know. And to me, that, that is one of the greatest gifts when we can – sort of come out of the closet, you know, whatever our closet is. You know, everybody's got a closet, and we all have our skeletons in there. And, yep. we're, you know, we may be afraid to um, talk about them for fear that we'll be, uh, you know, made fun of or ignored or whatever, you know. And, um, and what I have found is that when we are feeling good about ourselves, when we know that we've been working on ourselves and, and really making an effort to be the best, person we can be that um, it's okay to talk to bring those skeletons out you know to, to show you know to talk about them and to share them and say look I've been there I know what it's like and um, and I can share this with you now because I know you you know if you're experiencing that that you can have the same good results so um, so thank you for being the kind of person that you are that you've you know been so free to share your struggles 
You're welcome, and thank you. And, you know, I used to be the shy person, and I would just sit in the back of the room and not talk to too many people. But when I was given this mission, it was like something woke up in me, and I was told, don't be shy about it. So, you know, and like you said, because so many people don't share what's going on in their lives, and if they share, that's when they get to feel better because then they'll learn that there's more people that are struggling just like them, and they know now that there's different support groups or just individuals that they can talk to, and there's just always a way to get support once you open your mouth, and that's the biggest thing. Stop being shy and allow yourself to share. Right. Absolutely true, and I and I think that uh, uh, what I what I also notice is that people who can share their experiences once you once you start talking about it, it brings it it brings some, there's something about verbalizing a problem that helps you recognize that there's a way out, you know that there may be another way to look at this so that you can re- resolve the problem. Whereas if you keep it to yourself and you never verbalize it or share it. It just sits there under the surface, and it, nothing happens. It just sits there. It doesn't move. Nothing, you know, there's no resolution. So the sharing, I think, is so important. And, um, and you know, I mean, you are such a wonderful role, role model of that. And I try to be that way, too. I try to tell little stories about things that have happened to me that, um, mm-hmm. th- you know, that I've learned from, you know, in my own experience so that people can say, oh, yeah, you, you know, you've been there, too. So, yeah. Right. Exactly, and that's the beauty of being able to do a podcast because I can have guests like you come on and share more and let people know that there's a lot of us out there willing to help. So thank you for everything you do, Marsha Grace. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So can you tell me and us about the five myths of meditation? Oh yeah, you know I, it's it's interesting. I'm doing a um, uh, Facebook uh, live stream. Uh, I do it on Fridays at, at one o'clock, uh, and and uh, that's one thing. But I'm also doing a series of um, videos on on these on the myths of meditation uh, because I think that's the reason. One of the reasons when I've talked to people about it, you know, I ask them, I say, "Do you meditate?" And they'll, and a lot of people, the first thing they'll say is, "Oh, I tried that and it didn't work out." You know, I mean, mm. it's not for me. And you know, and then, but when I pursue it and I ask them, "Well, what happened?" You know, why is that? And they'll say things to me like, "Oh, um, I don't have time to go somewhere where I have to sit on the floor and um, and and you know and." Uh, you know, it, it, yoga studio and stuff like that. And I say, oh, okay. Uh, or they'll say, uh, I, I tried, but I couldn't clear my mind. Mm. And um, or they'll say, uh, oh, I, um, I don't, I don't really like chanting in a foreign language. You know, that's just not something that appeals to me. Yep. And I'll, all right, okay, I, <laughs> I hear that. Um, 
uh, or they'll say, I, I, I don't know, I, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I just don't feel comfortable um, having to, you know, to cross my legs and stuff like that. So those are, those are some of the things that people have misconceptions about, that you have to uh, sit cross-legged on the floor, that you have to chant and say om or wear funny clothes or burn incense and candles. That's another one. Some people are allergic, yeah. right? Oh, well, I can't yeah. meditate because I can't burn a candle. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the big one, I think the biggest one of all is the idea that people believe they have to clear their minds. And if they can't yeah. clear their mind, you know, they sit down. Okay, I'm going to meditate, right? So they sit down and they close their eyes. And they try to meditate, and they say they're trying to clear their mind. And, of course, they can't, you know, yep. and, and that's no surprise. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, I don't even want you to clear your mind. The way I teach modern meditation is, is that I want you to be able to see your thoughts. I don't want you to get rid of them. I don't want you to, I mean, not, not initially. What I want you to do is to be able to see them. Because when you can see what you're thinking, what happens is you begin to, in, in the meditation process, and I call it a process because, again, this is not something that happens overnight. You have, to, right. you have to understand. I mean, you didn't learn how to ride a bicycle. You didn't get on a bicycle and ride it off into the sunset the first time you got on it, right? Right. And nobody learns how to do anything right immediately. It takes time. So meditation is exactly the same thing. It's, it takes time to develop a, a routine and a pattern and an understanding of what it is you're actually accomplishing. So, uh, and I guess there were different purposes, you know, different, there were many, many different forms of meditation. So there were different purposes too. But my purpose when I teach meditation is, again, as I said, to get in touch with what you're thinking because we're not, during our daily you know, life as we go about what we're doing, we're not really noticing what we're thinking. We're just reacting to, to the things around us. But when you sit down and, and are consciously making an effort to look at your thoughts, it's amazing what happens. You begin to realize how negative some of your thoughts can be or how, yeah. how you keep going back to the past over some issue or how, um, you know, how you keep playing over a conversation you had with somebody that didn't get resolved the way you wanted it. Or whatever, you, you get to notice all of these things, and that can be disturbing. You know that that can send you off. You know, and that's that's another thing that people will, I think, will not necessarily admit to, but will um, will it will happen to them, and then they'll be they'll kind of run away because it's not comfortable. But if you can get through that, if you can allow yourself to say, well, hey, this is what I'm thinking, but that doesn't mean I have to keep thinking it. I mean, who's in charge here? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in, under control? So um, I always say part of the process of meditation is to learn how to take back the power of decision in your mind so you can decide what thoughts you want to keep and what thoughts you want to let go of. And you sure want to let go of all those negative, scary, fearful thoughts, the thoughts that, 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 that keep repeating themselves about old tapes, stuff that's gone down long ago, been over and done for centuries, you know, and we keep replaying yeah. them. But once yeah. you're able to look at them and say, why am I thinking this again? Why am I thinking about this? And then you can train yourself to catch that thought and release it. And that's part of the process of, of the kind of program, the program that I teach. 
And I love that process because I'm one of those people that my mind is constantly going. And it was frustrating when I first started to sit and, and, you know, just exactly like you explained. But I've also learned that meditation doesn't have to be sitting in a certain pose or a certain way. For me lately, it's been doing jigsaw puzzles on my phone because I could sit. I don't have to have a place that I, I need a table to put the puzzle on or anything. And to me, it's a distraction from everything else going on. But I do find that I'm hearing more messages at that time. And I do recognize, like you said, the thoughts that are in my mind. And I do make sure that I change those thoughts. And something very interesting, I was guided while you were talking to pull a card for everybody related to the meditation, and the card says, stay positive. So that is to, to add to what Marsha Grace was saying, that if you, if you go into your meditation without expectations and you just stay positive that you'll get out of it what you're meant to, then everything will feel like it's just a smooth process and as Marsha Gray said it is a process because not everybody can sit down and first of all sit still for long enough so I love your explanation thank you Marsha Gray yeah and you know so another thing is uh, people have been told because uh, I've you know I've kind of um, done a little research on different forms of meditation or meditation teachers and a lot of them will say that you have to sit for a half an hour or even an hour. And yes. most people really revolt at that. I mean, that, you know, they just don't, they're just not going to do it. You know, it's ridiculous. And uh, nobody, especially at the beginning, it's, it's really, we're on, we're on overdrive. Most of us are like, we're chugging through the day, you know, we don't stop. And to, sit, to say, oh, I'm going to sit for a half an hour or an hour, it's just, um, it's ludicrous. You know, people are just not going to do it. So. Right. Uh, my program says, hey, if you can, do you think you can just do this for five minutes? Five minutes is all I'm asking you to do this for at the beginning. And, if you, and, and as time goes on, you may find that maybe seven minutes is going to work for you and maybe ten minutes. And before you know it, you may be doing it for 15 or 20 minutes. But again, there's, there's no rush, and there's no push, and there's no need. I mean, it's not like as if to say, well, if you meditate for five minutes, you're not going to get anything out of it. And I've heard people say that, and I, I'm sorry. I do, not, I do not believe that because I, I know for myself. Just taking, you know, there was a, um, a yoga teacher on TV many years ago. Her name was Lilius, uh, and she taught, she taught wonderful yoga classes, and she had a little saying uh, that I love to quote from her, that she said, take a minute vacation. Isn't that lovely? Let's just take yes. a minute vacation. <laughs> and, so it, and for me, listen, if, if one minute can change your whole attitude, if you just stop for one minute with yeah. the intention of taking a vacation, a mini, 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 mini vacation, which means what? What does it mean? It means you're going to change your mental state. That's what it means. It means I'm going on vacation. I'm, I'm going to let go of all of the, you know, all the stuff that's going on, my daily stuff, and I'm just going to relax, right? Yep. And you just let yourself do that for one minute. You could do it for five minutes, and five minutes will be, will be a, a good start, a really good start. So 
um, uh, that might be helpful to some of the people listening uh, who have said, oh, I can't meditate because I can't sit for a half an hour or an hour. Um, just give it five minutes, and, uh, and you'll, see a, you'll, see, you'll see a difference. You really will. Yeah, and thank you again. I hope that helps. It definitely is a help because that was my outlook when I first was learning to meditate because the people were telling me, oh, no, you have to sit for an hour. And it's like, I can't sit still that long. So you made the process so much easier, and I hope that our listeners are absorbing this because, you know, that one minute can make a big difference. And, in fact, you know, when people say live one day at a time, what I say is I live one minute at a time because I don't know what the next minute's going to bring, but I always make sure that I'm thinking whatever it is that I put the positive spin on it. So, mm-hmm. exactly, it's the same thing because when you recognize your negative thoughts, as Marcia Gray said, that you don't have to keep those thoughts. And that was something that was so big in my life, and I just kept attracting negative. Once I learned to turn things around to positive, I attracted more positive, and it really made a shift. So, again, Marcia Gray, thank you, because um, I think you put a lot of people at ease now as understanding the meditation. That's wonderful. I do want to say one thing, though, and that is there are, um, you know, people, people think that, it, like I said before, it's a process, and then people think, well, I just sit down and I do this, and it's easy. It is not easy because you're going to come up against your ego, and your mm. ego is going to say, oh, I don't have time for this. Oh, I have a million things to do. Uh, what are you? What are you wasting? Uh, you know, with these, uh, this. Uh, get going. You know, and that's 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 going to be. Um, and then let's say you do sit, and as I said, as I mentioned before, you start to notice all those old thoughts that come up. You know, and they may be painful thoughts. They may be thoughts about things you re- really wish you weren't thinking about because you really don't want to think about those things anymore, and you push them way to the back of your mind. But they're still there unresolved and so they keep coming back now what I have to say about that is that could scare a person working alone away and this is why I say whenever you want to learn something you need a teacher you need a guide you need a mentor you need uh, a buddy you need something you need so- you need another person that you can work with who can help you through the difficult moments because I'm going to be very honest they're going to be difficult, difficult moments. And I'm sure if, you, if, uh, if you've done meditation, you know that yourself. So, uh, so you need to know that you can get through that, you know, that that's part of the process. Just like you're going to ride your bicycle, you're going to fall down and scrape your knee, and it's going to hurt. Right. But does that mean you're never going to get, ride the bicycle? No. You, can, you know, you, when you were a kid, you got up and you got back on the bicycle again. So yep. it's the same thing. You know, it's it's not necess- it's not going to be a fun thing at at the get go necessarily 100% of the time, and so having a teacher or a group or a support or something, uh, and my goodness, I mean, meditation is everywhere today. I mean, there's so many different places where they're doing it in libraries, they're doing it uh, all over the place, so that um, you can definitely find a group. So I would say that to people out there. I mean, of course, come to my 
<laughs> come to my website and learn more about my process. But uh-huh. um, but uh, but you know, I mean, you can find it so many places it's online. I mean, there are many many different ways to find it. So, and I, I really do beg people, please, please learn how to meditate. It will change your life. Definitely. And now you have a monthly program, and is that only in person, or you do that online? Oh, you mean for the meditation training? Uh, yes. it, it's it's going to be it, it it's going to be an online program. Yeah, it's going to be an online program. It, I was I have done it in two different ways. I've worked one to one with clients, teaching them the process over a month or a month and a half. Um, okay. And I've done it in, in small groups locally, where you know, around where I am, and uh, that's worked. Uh, we've had a lot of fun and enjoyed that whole process together, and that's been really wonderful. Um, but people said to me, "Oh, you know, I, you know, I have a sister in uh, Cincinnati who would love to learn this, you know, but uh, she can't come to New York." So, so this is, you know, I've heard this kind of thing. I said, "Well, sure, uh, I understand that." So I really am working right now to um, produce a, a webinar that will be online so that people can come from anywhere. And we'll have a group. We'll have a uh, Facebook group where people can come and talk to each other and share their experiences because that's so valuable. It's so valuable to share your experience. And if somebody says, oh, my God, this horrible thought came up about when I was uh, six years old and, and somebody raped me, and, you know, oh, my God, you know. But then, yes. then um, you know, but somebody else will say, oh, my God, that happened to me too. Or I know somebody that happened to, or whatever. And you realize you're not alone. You realize that the horrible things that have happened to you in your life are, are, are uniquely yours. You know, other people have been through hellish situations, too. And, right. and, and you know, we get through it. But if we can help each other, it makes it that much easier. So, um, so these are the kinds of things that uh, can happen uh, and, and make it much easier a process, you know. So, so I'm, I'm really working on getting this program together, which I hope to get out by November. I'm hoping to uh, have the program start um, in early November. Okay, so when you have that information, I will share it for you. Okay, thank you. Sounds wonderful. Now, is this what you call your sitting program? Yes. Yes, I, li- I like to call it sitting. You know, I, I, like I said, the word meditation has so much um, um, stuff attached to it that I, you know, I said I would love to have a different word for it. And so the word sitting to me uh, is kind, you know, is, is a nice, safe word. You know, it doesn't have a lot of baggage, and mm-hmm. it's the, it's the process of sitting. We just sit, you know, you're sitting down. You, again, you know, you don't have to sit on the floor, cross-legged. You can sit in a chair. You, I sit in my bed. That's where I sit, and okay. uh, in the morning before I get going, and uh, and I prefer that. I actually would, you know, recommend that you do this immediately upon awakening, and before you start your day, because it's the easiest time to do it. If you set aside, you know, if you get up at 7:30 and you set your clock for 7:15 instead, and you give yourself that 15 minutes. Uh, to to do this little bit of a process, it will change your life. It will change your day. You'll go into your day feeling so much more in control of things and and, and having you know having a sense of what your purpose is. So um, yeah, so that's that's what I would recommend. 
Okay, that's very interesting because just re last week I said to myself, okay, instead of only while I'm doing my jigsaw puzzles, I think I should start the day off this way. So you just confirm my thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you know what I say? You know, there are many different ways to meditate. There, there's walking meditation. Uh, I talk about that in the program. There's uh, um, gardening can be meditative. Anything we do where we're by ourselves and it's kind of like a rote thing, you know, where you're really not uh, mentally engaged, you know, where you can kind of... Hello. And be still, you know, in, in a chair. Um, I, I say, well, then start off either, with, you know, start off some other way. Start off with a walking meditation or, you know, like you said, doing a jigsaw puzzle or painting or, uh, you know, gardening or whatever it is. You know, that's, that's a good thing to do, too. Um, so you can, you can begin that way. And another way also is by listening, listening to guided meditations. That's a good way to start. If you've never done meditation before and you've never really allowed yourself to sit quietly for a few minutes and just chill, then listening to a guided meditation is an excellent beginning. And that's another thing that I, I have on my website are uh, guided meditations that I do. They're about eight or ten minutes long, and uh -huh. uh, you just sit back and you, you listen and you breathe and you, you just relax for a few minutes, and um, and, and, and that helps you begin to understand the process of listening to your own thoughts. Yes, and I have listened to some of them and followed some of them. Um, for everyone, you can hear Marsha Grace's voice here that she's a calm person, and when you listen to her meditation, you'll feel that calm go through you, and I'm sure that her process, as she's explaining it, will... Um, take effect rather quickly when you listen to her meditations daily. You know, like she said, you don't have to sit and be quiet totally. Using a guided meditation could get you into the routine of following it and knowing that you are capable. Um, I love what you were saying about um, gardening because that too, um, when I did have my vegetable garden last year, I I really put a lot of effort into first saying thank you for allowing me to grow my vegetables and whatever, and then you kind of go off into la-la land sometimes, and that's when meditation takes place, when you don't even recognize it until someone points it out to you. So again, thank you for all your explanations, Marcia Grace. Okay, I, uh, I want to say, uh, and let me just, uh, I want to clarify that about walking meditations or any, any of those other kinds of things. Um, it's important that when you're doing something, whatever you choose to do, that you do with a, with a conscious decision that this, you're doing this activity because you want to um, get in touch with your highest good, or whatever words, you, you know, use your own words. But I'd say whenever you're going to begin any activity, whether it's taking a walk or going into your garden or whatever it may be, that you begin that by saying, um, this is my gift to myself. You know, I'm, I'm going in to do this now because, because I enjoy it because, it's, it, because it relaxes, it's relaxing, and I know that when I allow myself 
to be in this relaxed state, I will get beautiful guidance that will help me um, uh, improve and uh, make my life more joyful. You know, if you just kind of set that intention mm. for that activity, um, which I didn't mention before, but it's a very important part of the process, so that you set that intention and then, and then beautiful things happen. Thank you for pointing that out because, um, you know, like I was saying that it just automatically happens, but I have noticed when I consciously set the intention that there is a difference. So thank you again. There is. There is a difference because sometimes we just, like you say, if you go off into la-la land, that may be an escape. There's a difference between meditating and, and listening and, and using, you know, things, doing things as an escape mechanism. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's, yeah. So, so this is because there's two different things going on there. It's it's about your mental mindset. Hmm. Yes, that does make sense. Thank you. Okay. So we're running low on time, I want to shift into um, two other things. First okay. is that um, when I looked on your website, I was really excited to see that you were interviewed by Jack Canfield the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series about your mm-hmm. garden meditations. How was that to be interviewed by him? Well, I went out to uh, his home in Santa Barbara with about 15 or 16 other people um, in a um, mentoring group that I uh, participate in. And uh, we spent two days at Jack's house. Not, we, you know, we didn't sleep there, but um, but we spent the two whole days. Uh, we were at a hotel nearby. We came over in the morning, spent the whole day there, and had dinner, twi- you know, two nights at his home, which was wonderful. And um, and just uh, we each had turns being in the hot seat, so to speak, and uh-huh. uh, um, talking about our projects. Uh, you know, these are basically, basically uh, all of us were are people involved in the helping professions in some way, you know, wanting to be, make a difference in the world or to be helpful in some fashion. And so we present our projects or our books or whatever it is that, uh, that we were working on and uh, get guidance, you know, get suggestions uh, from him. And part of, part of that, uh, of that um, two days was that he would do an interview for each of us and uh, so that we could, um, you know, share that with other people and after he had heard about what we were doing and, and then be able to interview us. So it was a lot. I mean, he's a wonderful guy, very easy to talk. I mean, he's the easiest person in the world to talk to, just a regular kind of guy, uh, very um, low-key, very um, self, self. what's the word, um, facing, you know, making jokey joke, you know, jokes about himself and, um, it was just it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Um, the video I think came out very nice, nicely, and um, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yes, and for anyone that's interested, you can listen to that interview on Marsha Grace's site. And I, like I said, I I was amazed to see that, and like, oh my goodness, someone I knew, somebody I know knows Jack Canfield. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations on that. Mm. And then I also wanted to bring in for the last few minutes um, that you do the marriage ceremonies and you blend traditions. Can you share a little bit about that? 
Yes, well, I, I was ordained uh, as an interfaith minister in uh, 1995, and uh, shortly thereafter I began doing uh, weddings for couples. Generally speaking, uh, they were either of different faiths, and so they had trouble find, decide, you know, like one family, you know, one family wanted them to be in their church and the other family wanted them to be in the synagogue or whatever it was, and, um, and so they were in a quandary as to what to do. And uh, I, I'm the solution. I was the solution for them because I could incorporate um, from both their tr- both traditions, the different traditions in my ceremony because all my ceremonies were were written um, specifically for the couple. You know, totally individualized. And uh, we would you know bring in if they if they had um, someone close to them had passed away, you know, I would definitely bring them into this ceremony and say that they were with us in spirit because, um, you know, that's a, it's so wonderful to, to know that a loved one is with you even if they're not there in their bodies. And, mm. you know, when you're, going, when you're getting married, you know, because it's such a special time. And, uh, yeah, so I did that for many years. Uh, I did hundreds, hundreds of weddings and baby blessings and uh, renewals of vows and stuff like that. But now I kind of moved away from that because... Um, you just can't do everything, and my passion now is about uh, doing more teaching and writing. So I've left um, I've left the running around to different venues uh, to somebody else because I mean I traveled. I called myself the marrying minister from Manhattan to Montauk, and let me tell you, I was. I, I, <laughs> I did weddings on boats. I did weddings uh, in parks, uh, by the beach, uh, you know, everywhere, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah. now I'm now I'm. Um, you know, I've shifted uh, direction a little bit, so it's not something I'm doing. Act- I'm not seeking actively to do anymore. Okay. Well, one reason why I wanted to ask that is that the people that are um, interfaith and run into this problem to realize that there are people out there that are able to blend the, the faiths together in a way that both families will be happy. So thank you for sharing your journey with um Marriage ceremony. Well, that is so true because when I married my husband, I was Christian, he was Jewish, and and I'm going back many, 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 many years ago. There was nothing. I mean, there was just nothing. There was no way to have a spiritual ceremony in those days. Um, we ended up being married by a judge, but and and that really upset me because it was you know I, I wanted to have something that was more meaningful. And yes. I guess that's one of the reasons why I moved in that direction. But today, oh, my goodness, there are interfaith ministers everywhere. Um, I went to the uh, new, uh, new Seminary, and uh, there's also, um, there's a, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I forget now. Um, but in, the city, in New York City, there's uh, interfaith seminaries, at least two that I know of, and uh, okay. one spirit that's there's one spirit uh, okay. is the interfaith seminary, and uh, Diane Burke is the um, originator and um, you know head person there, a wonderful woman, and she was she was one of my teachers at uh, when I was in seminary, and um, yeah, and so there are many many uh, interfaith uh, uh, ministers out there today. So um, it, it's a lot easier to have the spiritual ceremony you want. Uh, regardless of what your uh, situation might be. Yes. Oh, and, and also to do uh, same-sex same, same sex, uh, ceremonies. 
Um, okay. Lots of those. And okay. uh, yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Exactly, and and again, I want everybody to recognize that if you are in this type of situation, that um, I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find the, the um, most local people to where you live. And um, mm -hmm. I wanted to share also that um, Marsha Grace and I both live on Long Island, New York. And Marsha Grace, I'd love for you to share something that you love about the island. Oh my goodness! There's so much to love about Long Island. <laughs> I mean, you can't—you don't have to go too far to end up by the water. And if you love water, man, this is the place to be. Um, I live on the north shore of Long Island, so I live on the rocky coast. Um, but it's beautiful. I, I live a couple of blocks from the water, so when the weather is nice, I walk down to the water, and I love to take pictures of the sunsets. So I'll walk down at sunset time and uh, with my uh, phone and take pictures. Um, there are just so many activities on Long Island that are free. I mean, we have uh, park, beautiful parks uh, where where there's all kinds of music and um, activities, and uh, it's it's just uh, we have um, beautiful little towns dotted here and there that are just each one is unique in itself. I mean, there's. Let's see, there's uh, Northport, which is kind of a seaport type of town with lots of good, great restaurants. And then moving out, there's Port Jefferson, which is not too far from me, which is a seafaring port also, and a wonderful town filled with all sorts of, I mean, they, Port Jefferson does all kinds of wonderful activities throughout the year with festivals and bands and, and uh, uh, just every weekend there's something else going on. And yeah. uh, then all the way out on the tip of the island is Greenport, which is a wonderful, wonderful little town, very artsy, uh, all kinds of activities. The kids love it. There's a carousel. Um, I love the carousel I mean, <laughs> I'm a carousel person, so I love that the carousel is there. Yes. So anyway, I mean, there's just endless activities and boating and swimming. And, uh, and then, of course, um, in the winter, um, uh, you know, we have our indoor things, and there are the malls, and yeah, you know, it's just it's, it's so much to do. It's a it's a it's a very active, wonderful place to be. Yes, and I will echo everything you said because it is a great place to be living. Great mm -hmm. share. Mm. <laughs> so we didn't get to um, get where you can guide me through a meditation to help me so we can schedule another interview for maybe um, late January or February and you could walk me through a meditation so everybody can hear your style and um, listen to your wonderful voice doing so. Oh, okay. That would be fun. Sure. Yes, definitely. Okay, I'd be delighted to do that. Yes, I would love it. So um, we will start planning that in another couple of weeks because I'm already booked out into there. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, so, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thanks. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to jump in here and, um, you know, get to talk with you because we've been, we've been meaning to do it for quite some time and one thing and another. So um, yes. I'm so glad that it worked out. Me too, and I, I always say timing's everything, and maybe the reason is because 
you wouldn't have spoke about your upcoming book if we mm-hmm. had spoken earlier. So, Marsha Grace, what is the most important thing that you think a listener would want to take away from this interview? Uh, well, as I said, um, learning how to go into that still small place of guidance within yourself to me is the greatest gift anybody can give themselves. Um, I call it modern meditation because what I'm saying is that it's a there's a new way of looking at it that you know may be different from what we've heard about in the past. And um, everybody can do it, but it does take uh, time. You know, you have to. It's like you anything else you want to invest in yourself to improve is going to take, if you take a class to learn, I don't care what it is, basket weaving or rocket science, you're going to have to spend some time and study and work at it. And But the gift that you receive as a result is life-changing. And so I, that, that would be the one thing I would encourage every one of your listeners to uh, to, to make an effort to uh, um, begin that pro- process because um, if you keep at it, if you really go in it with the right intention that you're there to um, broaden your own horizons, to learn how to be peaceful and still, and it hel- it's, you know, it, meditation has great health benefits as well. You know, mm. people even say you can lose weight meditating. I mean, I, I, I don't know anybody personally who said that, but <laughs> um, it has been said. But, you know, uh, just many things uh, as far as anxiety levels and um, your heart rate, uh, um, just so, so many wonderful things come out of the process. Uh, so I, that, that would be it. That would be my great recommendation to everyone. Give it a try by all means. And please, um, you know, there's uh, information about my process on my website. There is free guided meditation, and um, uh, but whatever you do, give it a try. Somehow, somewhere, with somebody, you need a teacher. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And can you also please share your website? Very simple. www.marshagrace.com, and that's M A R. C-I-A-G-R-A-C-E dot com, MarciaGrace.com. Thank you. And you can get the guided meditation there and also mm-hmm. an article you can read on the three ways we keep our guilt and how to let it go. I am going to actually read that article myself tonight because um, I do have, although I've let a lot go, I realize that there is still guilt that may be holding me back from achieving some of my goals. Well, you know what? That's something we could talk about next time because um, I think that's a very, very important issue that we, you know, that we, we could cover. Definitely. I made a notation on that already. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, Marsha Grace. I really did enjoy everything talking with you. I really wish that we had more time. And I know you and I have um, great conversations when we get together. So, again, thank you for sharing. Thank you so much, too. And love to Tony. Thank you so much. You're an absolute gift to the world. Thanks, honey. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
So hold okay. on until okay. after that. Bye-bye. Um, okay, thank you, Marsha Grace. Everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything that Marsha Grace had to share. As a reminder, you can check out my info on my website at www.cathherinemlaub.com. I offer a free report on overcoming stress. If you would like me to speak at your event, please contact me at Catherine at CatherineMLab.com. If you are interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can find information on my website too. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, or if you are local to Central Suffolk County, New York, in person. And again, you can find Marsha Grace at www.marciagrace.com. This is Catherine Lab. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to our conversation. We hope that you found the discussion to be rewarding and inspirational, and you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you like this episode of The Celestial Spoon, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality has guided others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.